fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It's a Monday, greatest day of the entire week, setting the tone for the rest of the week right here. Are you excited? Are you burnt out? Are you trying to recover from your Father's Day weekend shenanigans? I know you are, and we're going to have some fun on the program today. Welcome into it, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen. We love you to death. Appreciate you very much, your Millennial General reporting for duty. So no guest today. We were going to have a guest, but he had to reschedule. He's on a flight right now, not able to make it, so no worries. We'll get him on the program again soon, which means it's just you and I sitting across the bar room, staring into each other's eyes, chitting the chat, having a grand old time, bringing some common sense and solving the world's problems on a daily basis. Happy Father's Day weekend to you. Uh, before I forget, which I can't, of course, do that. Had a great Father's Day myself. Little voice of reason. Uh, I got to spend some time with her along with the family and just got to enjoy. It's been busier than I think I have ever been in my entire life lately, but I love it and it's in a great position. So uh, we'll talk some more about that a little bit later. Father's Day weekend was fantastic. And I guess if you want to include even the pets included, we have, for those that don't know, we have a lot of animals. I've never been much of an actual animal person, a pet person. I just don't have time. I'd just rather be doing other things than taking care of animals. So I've never been much of a pet person. However, I will say that with a grain of salt because all the pets apparently love to flock to me. <laughs> and I don't know why. But I guess we just put out that energy. They just want, they're just they just attracted to it and just want to come up. So we have our dog, which I've told the story a few times on the program. For those that don't know, she is she's getting up there now. She's about seven or eight, nine-ish. But she is... We think a pit bull or a pit bull boxer mix. And obviously with the stigma with pit bulls, we were very concerned because, well, she jumped into my wife's truck at a gas station a few years back. And she was about two. So we've had her for a while now. And uh, when Mrs. Voice of Reason called me up, I was heading off to home from work. And she said, by the way, there's a dog here. And I said, oh, heck no, there's not. And that's not going to last. And Six, seven years later, we still have her, and she is my buddy, and uh, that's probably about the closest animal that I've ever gotten attached to. Then we had a few year, a couple years back, we had a cat jump into Mrs. Voice of Reason's truck at a gas station. Are you seeing a trend here? <laughs> and uh, we kept that cat for the last couple of years. She got really sick and passed away just uh, last year or a few months ago, six, eight months ago, whenever it was. Well, yesterday, so for those that don't live in the Wichita, Kansas area, over the weekend we had some pretty in interesting storms come through, which was nice on Saturday night. Sunday, we're out working outside and hear a little bit of noise. And lo and behold, under the hood of the truck, seeing the trend continue on here, we open up the hood and see a tiny little kitten, probably between four to six weeks old. Now, first response to me is, not again. Again, really, really, again, uh, tiny little thing, pure black cat, the largest black eyes, beautiful kitten, about four to six weeks old. Uh, looks like it has been a stray because it was extremely dirty, 
It was shaking, obviously, from trying to get out of the storm, hibernating in the engine of the truck. Thankfully, we did not have to go anywhere and did not start up the truck and, and harm the little thing and covered in fleas. Really, really bad. So we're still up in the air right now whether we're actually going to keep this said pet. But we took it in. We bathed it. We cleaned off the fleas and put the, the flea shampoo and everything on it, tried to clean it up. It ate some. It knows how to use a litter box, apparently, because it used a litter box and woke up this morning all peppy, running around, having fun and playing. So uh, may have just become another father to another said animal that we've had from jumping into Mrs. Voice of Reason's truck. I don't know what the fascination is with the truck. And here's the kicker. When we picked it up, was fighting the wife quite badly because obviously it was scared. I pick it up to hold on to it, and it like curls up on me and falls asleep and starts purring. I I, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't get it. I don't get it. For someone who's not necessarily attached to animals, except for just a very select few, they swarm to me, and I just don't know why. So there it is. That's our weekend uh, Father's Day story. May it potentially become the father of another said animal, which I was not expecting um, or even looking forward to in any way, shape, or form. But it is a pretty cool cat. We'll see. It's a kitten, though, and I don't know that we're prepared for kittens. We have a cat right now, which does not like this one. This tiny one does not like the dog. So I'm not sure how this is going to turn out, and we'll have to keep you posted on that front. On the same time, happy Juneteenth as well, because, yes, we do celebrate June, uh, Juneteenth, which is really just the commemoration of the ending of slavery as Texas or as uh, federal troops waltz into the state of Texas to announce to the final slaves in the nation that they are, in fact, freed individuals and ending slavery across the nation. And it is something to be prideful of and something that we should parade and we should announce and be happy about across the nation because we are one of the first nations in the world to actually end slavery. We are the first one to try and fight for the ending of segregation. And while the progressives try to hijack the holiday, while they try to lie about the holiday, while they try to take credit for the holiday, we as conservatives... As Republicans, need to remember that we are the ones that fought for that in and out. We did end segregation. We did end slavery. We did give people individual sovereignty. We do fight for limited government. We do fight for the uh, the limiting of the government on our personal rights, which is either slavery or financial servitude or physical servitude or the government's regulations that really put the glass ceiling on us and keep us enslaved in the uh, it's, uh, in the plantation that it is the federal government's bureaucracy. So we fight against that nonstop, and we are consistent in doing so, and we're proud to do so each and every day. So there it is. Happy Juneteenth and happy Father's Day weekend to you all. We have a lot to talk about, obviously, because now that the storms are over in the Mid-America region, now so begins the heat across Kansas and Nebraska and Oklahoma and Texas and the Dakotas, and even even the eastern and western coasts. So now begins the heat, which is all the more excuse for the progressives in our What's Trending. What's Trending Today. Story of the day to advocate for their climate change agreement. There's really two topics right now that the progressives are focusing on. Joe Biden specifically with his administration, with the little bit of time he has left in the office because he's not going to make it until the end. He says, especially, I don't think going to get reelected. We'll get into election issues later. But there's the big focus is environmental and infrastructure, which go hand in hand because they have to redo the infrastructure to support the climate change environmental agenda that they have in store for us as well. Because if they can centralize and control all that power, then guess what? We have very little control. 
You talk about California having like timers on their showers. Oh, sorry. You're out on six minutes. Your shower's done. We're cutting you off, baby. Can't have a shower that's more than five or six minutes long because that's just bad for the environment and you're wasting water. And that's what, God save the queen. I just saw that uh, message on the chat. God save the queen, man. Apparently, we're going back to that style. And they, I mean, they've wanted that for a while. That's why Barack Obama was fascinated with them. While they say colonialism's really bad, they're all about the uh, monarchies that they have there because they would love to have a monarchy system like that. This is Joe Biden just a couple of days ago. Great grandchildren are going to face. This is the only truly existential threat. It's the existential threat. If we don't meet the requirements that we're looking at, we're in real trouble. Your work has never been more important than it is today. Together, we've made a lot of progress so far, but we got to finish the job. Got to finish the job. What does that job actually mean? That means that they need to centralize all of the utilities and the electric grids across the nation. They need to promote those alternative energies. We need to get rid of the gas, uh, the natural gas and the oil. We need to go completely electric, even though it's going to completely override the entire system, which is why they tie in the infrastructure with the utilities and with the energy and the environmental agenda, because they have to rebuild the buildings. They have to rebuild highways. They have to put in the new solar-charged panels for the electric vehicles that are driving down the highway. They have to redo the entire infrastructure to allow the agenda that they want because the grid right now, and even after they create this new agenda and this new infrastructure plan that they actually have, is not sustainable to have every house, every appliance, every car, everything on electricity while they get rid of the power that supplies the electricity that is the coal plants and everything else but while we're trying to run them on solar panels and windmills it's not gonna work it's just not gonna work by the way we need to go deeper into the biden basement for this next clip because this is just hilarious all by itself let's go into the biden basement As Joe Biden was talking about his infrastructure plan and was sitting in Pennsylvania with none other than the man John Fetterman, who I'm not quite sure what his deal is now that he's an elected official and a senator, while he shows up in a hoodie and sweat or hoodie and shorts, introducing the president of the United States and can't get through a sentence in any way, shape or form. Now I'm standing next to the president again, next to a collapsed bridge here, and he is here to commit to work with the governor and the, the, the delegation, the, de- the delegation, the del- not the delegates, but the delegations <laughs> need that delegation, man. Those are really important delegations and the, the, the delegation to make sure that we get this fixed quick, fast as well, too. Quick, fast, make fast, make very fast. We need to fix this quick and fast. This is a president that is committed to infrastructure. Yeah. And in, then- into, into what? Hold on, what? This is a president that is committed to infrastructure. Yeah, and then on top of that, uh, the, the jewel uh, kind of a uh, uh, law of the inflation. <laughs> I don't know what's being said right now. This is a senator from Pennsylvania. I don't know what you're saying right now. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? This is a president that is committed to infrastructure. Yeah, and then on top of that, uh, the, the jewel uh, kind of a uh, uh, law of the inflation uh, bill that is going to make sure that there's going to be bridges all across like this, all across the America getting rebuilt. Oh, I hurt. My brain hurts a little bit. That was the latest. 
Let's go into the Biden basement. Andy, you're being so mean. The guy had mental issues. He had a stroke. He can't talk very well. This is not a charity case, man. This is the U.S. Senate. This is our public officials. Our government officials, which has been thrown out the window for a long time ago, but our government officials are supposed to be the best of the best in leadership and idea making and thoughtful thinking and expanding the concepts of this country to be able to further us into the future and make those decisions as a nation. Not a charity case of we feel bad for this guy because he has uh, a very hard time speaking. He apparently can't even put a suit on because he's wearing hoodies and shorts all the time now. Uh, that's John Fetterman out of Pennsylvania and, of course, Joe Biden that's no better on that front as well. But the whole reason we bring this up is because they're pushing this infrastructure to reform infrastructure to push the environmental agenda. They go hand in hand here. And while we're going into heat season across the Mid-America region, especially Texas right now, I looked at the weather down in Texas. The next week, today, tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, all above 100 degrees, 106, 105, 103 across different parts of Texas That's insane, which means what? With more heat comes the use of more air conditioning, which is the use of more electricity. Remember the cold stint we had a couple of years ago? More cold means more furnaces running, which means more electricity being used in homes, in businesses, and elsewhere, putting a strain on that grid that collapsed during the extreme cold front. Now we're going to see that strain on the heat front, and the government says, well, you're using too much. We need control of it so we can cut it off when you've used your fair share. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I think we found one of our new favorite radio clips here of John Fetterman. That was outstanding, was it not? The new leadership of the country, the ones that are leading us and progressing us into the future, that are coming up with the crafty ideas, solving the world's problems on a daily basis. Now, I'm standing next to the president again, next to a, a collapsed bridge here, and he is here to commit to work with the governor and the, the, the delegation to make sure that we get this fixed quick, fast as well, too. This is a president that is committed to infrastructure. Yeah, and then on top of that, uh, the, the jewel uh, kind of a uh, uh, law of the inflation uh, bill that is going to make sure that there's going to be bridges all across like this, all across the America getting rebuilt. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Oh, man. Well, <laughs> uh, don't break on the radio. That's funny. That's just funny stuff right there. So here's the thing. As, as we have this infrastructure that's being built and rebuilt across the nation in order to try and push this environmental purpose, we have to remember one singular thing. And the fact is that while we use more electricity during the extreme wintertime and the extreme heat time, which we're getting into that season right now across the nation. Texas, according to Yahoo News, expected to break the power demand record with heat intensifying throughout the next week, saying that they always have a preserve of electricity supplies just in case things go bad. And right now they're down to about as little as 5% of their reserves during this stretch that they're trying to get through. Meaning they're about to, 
uh, run out of electricity. And then again, like we saw during the cold, have people burning up, have people running out of water. In fact, they're looking at even rationing water in certain places around the world. In the United Kingdom, water rationing being introduced as the temperatures hit the hottest ever declared in the United Kingdom. Rationing water, rationing electricity, making sure that you can only use the amount that is set out for you because we don't have enough because apparently we're not producing enough. Why are we not producing enough? Well, because the government won't allow us to produce enough because we're not allowed to use natural gas. We're not allowed to use oil. We're not allowed to use things that are actually efficient and that run really smoothly and strongly. No, no. We have to use the windmills and solar panels that make us run out and be like, oh, sorry, it's all up. Don't know what to do anymore. We have to remember one piece of information here. And that piece of information is the fact that while we use more resources and consume more resources and use more energy than any other nation on the face of the earth, or one of the other nations on the face of the earth, that being a first world country, the innovative leader in technology, the innovative leader in whatever industry, we're also the most efficient. So we may consume more but we use it in the most efficient way. Go to a third world country and see how well that they actually use the efficiency of their resources. It's very wasteful because they don't have ways to minimize the amount of waste at the end of the day. So while we use more, we also the most efficient. If they want to talk about the climate change, as we've said many times with many of our guests on this program, is the fact that we are not the problem with waste. We're not the problem with uh, the the non-filtered smokestacks. We're not the problem with the pollution. We're not the we're not the problem with the uh, the throwing out stuff into the ocean. I mean, we do have some of that, obviously, but we're not the worst out of it. Go to China, go to India, go to these other major countries across the world and see how bad that they're wasteful, see how bad that they litter, see how bad that they pollute their environments. The places that are actually having bad environmental practices are the large cities that are trying to tell us in rural communities and the rural America what to do with our lives, which is why you saw the air in New York City green and orange and horrible looking when the smoke from Canada was coming down and mixing with their pollutants that they already had in their in their atmosphere because of how bad things were. The top 10 countries that have the most efficiency scorecard nationwide, according to the 2022 record, USA was number 10. We used to be number one or two. As we've gone further down the road of greenness, we've dropped from the top three down to number 10 in energy efficiency. You want to know who number one is? The country of France. What does France use, or at least used to use majoritively for their energy? Nuclear. Because it's efficient, it's powerful, and it works. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So we have officially dubbed that new audio clip of John Fetterman into the archives of the Voice of Reason audio archives for later use. (laughs) We have a few of those. We're collecting them little by little. I mean, obviously, we have one of our favorite ones on the program that is our favorite low-hanging fruit person to pick on. I am told this is a garbage disposal. (laughs) So we'll continue to collect those. John Fetterman's the latest one to join the Voice of Reason archives of stupid things politicians say on the program. Welcome into it. No guests today. You and I chit the chat. Rocking it. Want to remind you of our announcement we made last week. Really happy about it. Our new nationally syndicated radio broadcast. More stations jumping on board. 
Starting on Saturdays, it'll be a two-hour program This uh, starting this weekend. June 24th is our very first episode. It will be from 5 to 7 o'clock Eastern Time Live. Other stations may be playing it live or delay taped in Saturday evening, Sunday programming, whatever works best for them. But we are excited about that and more information coming on what stations, where you can listen to it, and what's going on there. But really excited, really getting geared up for the very first one coming up this weekend on Saturday with our great partners, Americans for Prosperity. Those guys are amazing. I've worked with them for a long time, uh, talking to them on the radio and doing projects with them. Americans for Prosperity, trying to help fight for those limited government, exposing the government for what they've done, lower taxes, limited government, government transparency. That's what they're all about. We'll have them on the program uh, semi-frequently to talk about some of those that they're working on all over the country in different states that we're broadcasting in. You can find more information on it on our website at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com, and we'll talk some more about that a little bit later. All right, I want to shift gears real briefly, although just to kind of put a bow on that conversation, I want to say that there is, I think, maybe, possibly, allegedly, theoretically, there is a coup happening in the democrat party realizing that that maybe just maybe they've stepped over the line too much and with this push for the infrastructure and the environmentalism hand in hand walking down singing kumbaya together trying to rebuild the country in the way that they want to physically rebuild the country not like metaphorically like what barack obama said that he wants to fundamentally change the united states of america like literally trying to rebuild buildings and infrastructure and bridges and highways and, and appliances to where you can't have natural gas appliances. They ever all got to be electric or else we're all going to die or something. I don't, I don't know. That's what they tell us. That while this is the movement, some people are recognizing that maybe this is not the direction to go. And maybe the wokeness has gone a little bit too far. Maybe the LGBTQ has gone just a little bit too far. Maybe the abuse on the Republicans, the censorship, the algorithms, the uh, threats against the Republicans have gone just a little bit too far, and that's why the progressives are starting to lose hold, I think, of the party. Now, one of the candidates that is running for president, Robert F. Kennedy, look, I mean, he's a Kennedy, obviously, a little bit more establishment, been around for a long time, but the Kennedy family, if you go back to JFK, uh, having a relatively more moderate approach to politics and Robert F. Kennedy kind of holding on to that that middle-of-the-road moderate position, gaining a lot of attraction. And this is a guy who, outside of the political realm, has fought in the legal system for environmental purposes. But not like radical environmentalism because we're like cutting down a tree that has a certain species of ant on it kind of radicalism. He's talking about suing... What did he talk about during the episode he was on with Joe Rogan, a concrete company where they were suing because they were dumping mercury into the water and you couldn't eat the fish in the lake where he grew up as a kid being able to go fishing and then bring the fish home and cook it like what the American dream is to go out and survive on the land, to go hunting, to go fishing and to know that you're not going to pull out a fish that has three eyes or a deer that has five legs because of a mutation from the chemicals that we're dumping into their environment. Yeah, we are the true conservationists. As conservatives who enjoy the outdoors, who enjoy camping, who enjoy hunting, who enjoy fishing, who enjoy whatever else we do outside, we're the conservationists. And he's been focused on a lot of environmental policy, but he's also a bit of a moderate. And has come out so challenging Joe Biden, saying that he looks forward to talking with Joe Biden and saying uh, this was one of his tweets that he made recently. I've been I have known and liked Joe Biden for many years, but we differ profoundly on fundamental issues such as corporate influence in government, censorship, 
civil liberties, poverty, corruption, and war policy, among other issues. I look forward to engaging in him, uh, engaging him in debate and town halls. I don't know if it's going to happen, but on that more moderate approach, maybe that's a sign that the Democrats have crossed that line and there's that void that needs to be met. And we talk about it in the private sector, that whenever there's a void that needs to be filled, a demand that the consumers have, the private sector will always find a way to fill that demand, which is the opportunity for more businesses to grow, new new business ventures, new investments, whatever. This is the public sector filling that void of saying, hey, there is not a voice for the moderate blue dog Democrat who doesn't want to focus on social issues, who doesn't want to yell and scream about identity politics, who just wants to be a worker that may be center left or just center altogether, whatever that means. And you guys have taken things a little bit too far. And the only option that they've had has been Donald Trump, which is why I think he won in 2016. Robert F. Kennedy couldn't be that void on that side, damaging the Democrats. Maybe damaging Republicans, too? That's an interesting conversation we'll do a little bit later on. But this environmental movement right now is extremely dangerous. Number one, because we have two buffoons out there with John Fetterman and Joe Biden that don't know how to speak or even articulate anything trying to promote a radical socialist agenda. We have an imbecile of AOC that's out there just spouting ridiculous garbage as well, trying to spout the environmental policy. And then we had the rest of us saying, can we just live our lives and can I turn on my gas stove to be able to cook my dinner, please? Or a business that says, hey, uh, gas stoves are better because we've had them forever and this is how we cook our food. I'm not going to rewire all of my business and restaurant just to put an electric stove in. Sorry, ain't going to happen. But that's the way they want it. Speaking of government intrusion, I want to go into our other What's trending today? That really is the same issue and a different flavor of the coin because it's all about government intrusion and the way that government tries to micromanage. Now, as you know, if you're a worker, whether it's in the factory, whether you're an office worker, whether you're whatever, uh, show of hands, how many people like having the government micromanage or your boss micromanage you? Watching over your shoulder, watching everything that you do, telling you that you're not doing it up to code. You're not doing it right. You're not doing it the proper way. It's what the government does. It's what the government loves to do. That's really their motto is we, there's an issue, there's a void in regulation. We must fill that with regulatory wording to where we pass a bill. No one even knows it's there. And now we have a way to come after you if we so choose to do so because it's quote unquote on the books. Well, now, apparently the way that we've done things in the government is in a month of Juneteenth and the month of Pride Month where we're trying to uh, celebrate apparently weird identities because that's how we make up ourselves. It's not as a character or individual, but as a group collective mindset is that we're all racist. <laughs> and the things that we do and the way that we operate are all racist. Here's what I mean from the American, imagine this, the American Medical Association, the ones that really set the standard for medical practice in the country have now come out and said that BMI, your body mass index, how they measure on whether you're obese or overweight or you're fit and healthy based on your height, based on your mass, and based on your weight, based on this, whatever measurements that they've used. And they used it for years. I remember using it in school when they taught us. According to the American Medical Association, they have now said that the use of the process of the BMI measurements is, you can guess it, racist. Oh, yes. 
by saying that the measurements were designed based on white bodies in the 19th century. Here's what the report shows according to the Daily Mail. A leading U.S. medical organization is urging doctors to ditch the body mass index as the primary measurement for a healthy body weight, citing the quote-unquote racist roots that it has. They say according to doctors across the United States, the metric has been used for racist exclusion and fails to consider differences in body composition that may vary based on race and sex. And they break it down that they based it primarily on white men considering white bodies, measuring the dividing of a person's weight in kilograms or pounds by the square height in meters or feet that has been deeply ingrained in the medical system for a very long time. But they say, however, that everybody now based on race and those identity politics are all different as black women tend to store fat around their hips and legs, whereas white women tend to store it around their midriff, which is more dangerous due to their health, even though both may have a similar BMI. That So apparently because we're different on where we store fat based on our genetics, the BMI doesn't work on an individual level. BMI does not take into consideration relative body shape, and how fat is stored, as for instance, Asian individuals fall within the quote-unquote healthy BMI range that are still high risk of diabetes because of where they potentially may be. Now, I may be really, really stupid because I didn't go to college for very long, but I'm wondering, and I'm just thinking out loud here for a second, I'm wondering if instead of using the term that it's racist, I'm wondering if we should just use the term that... It's just science understanding that individuals, based on different genetics, have a different body makeup. I know. <laughs> that's a wild thought. I know, right? That's a crazy one. Can we can we use that? Apparently not. That the science shows that based on yeah, your genetics, based on your uh, culture or quote-unquote race, and then the individual, based on their habits, whether they stand a lot or walk a lot or sit a lot or use their arms a lot or use their legs a lot or their posture as they're sitting around, that based on all of these circumstances, you're going to store fat and store your weight in different portions of your body. Now, BMI has always been a little wonky because if you're a bodybuilder and you're a little bit above the weight mass that you should be, but it's all muscle instead of fat, the BMI is going to be like, oh, you're obese and you're going to die tomorrow. So there's always been weirdness to the BMI index, but now because we're starting to finally recognize that people are different in their own unique ways, that apparently it's racist to use that system and we have to get it out of the white privilege system based on their standard to include other races so that way they're not just considered crazy obese and high of diabetes or strokes or something else. Okay. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Hey, darn right, it is. Welcome back into the program. Last few minutes of the show. So we have now the American Medical Association saying that the BMI, the body mass index, is now a racist way to measure whether you are overweight or not. Here's a wild concept. I'm just throwing this again out there. On whether to gauge on whether you're overweight a little bit, whether you're a risk of a heart attack or a stroke or some type of diabetes is, gee, I don't know, maybe we should focus on like, 
the habits of the individual. Are you active? What do you eat? Do you do any strenuous activities to try and get that heart rate up? Do you strain your muscles by doing some type of exercise in some way, shape, or form once or twice or three times a week? Do you do any of those? And do you have a lot of things that, <laughs> what's the song? Uh, okay, for those that listen to a little bit heavier rock and roll and metal, there's a band called the Austrian Death Machine. And the Austrian Death Machine, is a, it's a kind of a punky metalcore type of band people are like what does that mean don't worry uh the whole point is that it is a tribute to arnold schwarzenegger every song that they sing is get to the chopper and um like terminator quotes and every movie that he's it's not the tumor you know those are the songs and they're cheesy and they're amazing and the band is called austrian death machine well there's a there's a song on their third album that was called if it jiggles it's fat (laughs) <laughs> because he's a bodybuilder uh, and it's hilarious it's a it's a wonderful song if you like really heavy metal that sings about really ridiculous obscure unimportant things so it's entertaining but it's called so there's the lesson if it jiggles it's fat and if you have a lot of fat on you then you're probably at risk of a heart issue or diabetes or something other than that we don't need a body mass uh, body mass index to weigh and be like well you're 5% over How about we just live healthily instead of trying to create up all these terms if we're going to use this system and now the system is going to be racist because it was based off the standard of white people when black people and Asian people have different places where their body stores fat. But then you can even go down to the individual level where individuals hold it in different places as well. Not just because you have certain genes from your uh, race that you actually are. That contributes some, obviously. But why does everything have to be racist or non-racist? And why do we have to go down this term? And why in the world does it have to be coming from a quote-unquote medical institution like the American Medical Association? What this does is it really sums up the failures of the federal government in the concept of we need to put together a one-size-fits-all government structure, do we not? With them saying we have to create a system to judge, engage everyone in a one singular type of measurement and one singular type of uh, guideline. And we're not just talking about healthcare here. We can talk about anything. We can talk about tax rates. We can talk about social issues. We can talk about education. There's apparently now major lawsuits with the affirmative action movement with Asian students not getting into certain universities because they've hit their quota of really smart 4.0 GPA students trying to get into higher education. And the affirmative action's blocking students that are Asian because they have to bring in other races to look like they're diversifying themselves so the quote-unquote Asians aren't taking over. Now the term Asian stupid in itself as well because you have different races with over in Asia and Chinese and Japanese and uh, Vietnamese and Korean and everything else under the sun. Uh, so that already is just a really stupid generalization that they have. But because there are so many in higher education, they're now... Cutting them off, as apparently, according to Fox News, an Asian-American student that had a 1590 score on his SAT was rejected by six elite colleges due to affirmative action issues. You're too smart. We can't accept you because we have too many Asian students, and therefore you don't get the cut, and therefore we're going to reject you out of six different elite colleges because of racism. 
this entire mindset that the government has of we're going to micromanage everything based on a one lump sum, one size fits all government mentality. And yes, you know, pun intended with the one size fits all with the American Health Medical Association here, that this is a failed system and the government should, in a realistic, commonsensical kind of world, should step back and say, well, maybe we don't need these types of systems in place because that's not our role. That's not our job. Maybe an individual family physician can come to you, look you straight in the eye, and say, stop eating the damn Cheetos and get off the couch and go do something. Or, hey, you have a medical issue. Let's treat this individually. Or, hey, the BMI shows that you're overweight, but you're a bodybuilder. You have a lot of muscle mass on you. Good for you. Keep it up because that's a healthy lifestyle and you're active and you're awesome. To hell with the BMI system. Not saying, well, you got fat stored in your leg, not in your arm. Therefore, that system's racist and we're not going to use that anymore. How stupid, man. The world's a crazy place. All right, back at it tomorrow for a Tuesday. Until then, be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is the Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.